opportunity that God has given us to meet together here in his house. We very much appreciate the, uh, the preaching that we've already heard. Uh, you know, the church of Corinth um, had some issues of uh, looking more to the natural, the physical, rather than looking to those things of the Lord. And uh, the Apostle Paul took up a lot of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 to direct their eyes away from the carnal, the natural, but to the Lord. And he tells them, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. It is God that has given us those things that cannot be seen with carnal eyes that helps us, encourages us, and strengthens us as we live here in this world until that day that he takes us home that we'll see him face to face. As we consider those things that cannot be seen with carnal eyes and those things that can only be seen with spiritual eyes, I'd like for you to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'm amazed at how this that's been presented, set forth before us, has a wonderful connection with this, this miracle and experience in the life of Elisha, the prophet of the Lord. Last week we labored in... Uh, the portion of scripture just before this concerning it being shown how the Lord is omnipresent and him revealing to Elisha the places where the king of Syria would uh, gather his, his army to, to ambush the, uh, the armies of Israel. And of course the king of Syria thought, you know, someone's in my camp and telling this, otherwise how would they know where, where we are? But it was the Lord of heaven that knew the thoughts the words of the king of Syria, even in his bedchamber, and it was the Lord that revealed that to Elisha, and Elisha told the king of Israel so that they would be delivered and escape all the efforts of the king of Syria. Well, the king of Syria, now he's angry. He's upset. You know, all our efforts to overthrow Israel have been, been thwarted, have been overthrown. He's been told that, you know, Elisha the prophet, the man of God there in Israel, he's the one that's, that's telling your, your secrets. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, and verse 13, the king of Syria sent armies to compass Elisha, to be gathered around him in an effort to take his life. You'll notice in verse 14 of 2 Kings chapter 6, Therefore sent he, that's the king of Syria, thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. In verse 15, this is not Jehazi, this is a new servant, a servant that would labor to be a benefit to Elisha the prophet. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, he got up early and had gone forth. Behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, that's to Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Meaning, what are we going to do now? The king of Syria is angry. You have revealed to the king of Israel all his efforts to overthrow us. He's angry and he sent this entire army, all these horses, all these chariots, and they, they've surrounded us. What, what are we going to do? Verse 16 is of special interest to me this morning, and I trust that the Lord bless us in this effort. Elisha answered and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, don't you know the servant that was there that saw all those armies, he thought, you know, Elisha, you're out of your mind. 
Have you not looked in these mountains? Have you not looked around the city and saw all these horses and all these chariots and the armies of Syria? And Elisha said, fear not. Now there's more with us than there are with them. In verse 17, Elisha prayed. And he prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord opened up the eyes of the servant. And when his eyes were opened, he saw the armies of God, the angels and the power of God that had surrounded Elisha. And he was no longer afraid. That was an amazing experience in that servant's life. To be able to see there's more with us than there are with them. You know, the devil in his effort to discourage children of God and their service here in this world, he causes them to feel all alone. That's one of his efforts, to feel all alone. There's no one like you in the world. You're all alone. You're all, all by yourself. I know we just went through the, the Christmas season. You know, I remember years ago, and, and if you haven't watched this movie, then you, you need to get some grandkids or great-grandkids because, I mean, my kids love to watch it. You remember old Macaulay Culkin in that movie Home Alone? You remember that? You remember when the, the robbers came to the house? They wanted him to be so afraid. What did they say? We know that you're all alone. How many times in your life has the devil whispered in your ear, you're all alone. There's no one like you in the world. You know, one of the hymns we sing, we sing, is there anyone like me? I'm, I'm all alone. You know, the devil knows he hath but a short time. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10 teaches that. He knows he hath but a short time to trouble the minds and the experience of the children of God to cause them to feel lonely, separated away from, from God. Now, Elisha, you know by the experience that he just had and understanding the omnipresence of God, he knows we're, we're not all alone. And dear children of God, you're never all alone. The Apostle Paul confirms to us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, the Lord is always with us. But the devil wants you to feel like you're all alone. But what a precious portion of Scripture. What a precious experience we have here that we can read about this. There's more with us than there is with them. You know, the world does not have that message. The religious world does not have that message. But the Bible declares this message. There's more with us than there is with them. And here in the year 2021, as we face it, and there's so many uncertainties we don't know. But we do know this by the declaration of Scripture. There's more with us than there is with them. You know, I remember when I was growing up in the Missionary Baptist Church, and I heard the preaching that I heard and I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the friends that I had. But that preaching that I heard led me to believe that there's more in hell than there is in heaven. That this earth is just full of people that are going to hell and it's just going to be a few in, in heaven. But when I learned the truth, I've learned this. No, there's more children of God than there are those that go to hell. There's more of us than there is with them. You know, heaven is a big place. And if heaven is only going to be filled by those that meet the standard that the world teaches you to meet, there's not going to be many in heaven. Matter of fact, all there will be is the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and the angels, the cherubim and seraphims. That's it, because none of us are going to meet the standard. But by grace and grace alone, praise God, there's more with us than there is with them. 
Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, the Apostle Paul teaches us, And if he be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is that text saying? That text is saying if we go back and read about the life of Abraham and how God revealed to him his seed, we'll know something about the number of the children of God. Now that number is a number no man can number, but God knows that number. Matter of fact, I can tell you that number, according to Scripture, is as many as the Father gave to the Son. John chapter 17 and verse 3. That's how many children of God there are. As many as the Father gave to to the son, but that number is a no number no man can number. And if we go back and study what the Bible has to say about the seed of Abraham, the Bible says the seeds of Abraham are as the sands of the seashore. Now, how many of you can pick up a handful of sand by the seashore and count all those grains of sand? Can you do that? I'm not able to do that with two handfuls, much less all the sand that's all over this earth. But the Bible says that Abraham's seed are as the sand of the sea, and if we be Christ, then the Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, teaching us that was figurative language, telling us the number of the children of God. I'm amazed that there's that many children of God, and I can say there'll be more of us than there are with them. There's going to be a lot more in heaven than there is in hell. The Bible teaches us that Abraham's seed is as the stars of heaven. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we got men today that have all types of telescopes and ways to... To view the universe, they're finding brand new stars all the time that they didn't know about. How many of you have stood out at night and looked up at the stars and just begin to count them and just you lose count? I don't know how many there is. It's more than man can number. You know what's amazing about Abraham's experience? There in Genesis chapter 15, when God told Abraham to tell the stars, it was daylight. It didn't get dark till later in that chapter. And that gave confirmation to Abraham, if God can bless me to start looking at the stars and trying to count the stars in the middle of daylight, I'm sure he can handle any problem that I got in the future. But God's children are as the stars of the sky, without, without number. The Bible teaches us in the gospel of, uh, not the gospel, it's in Romans chapter 5 and verse 18, as well as Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he didn't die for few, but he died for the many, many. I remember when I was growing up, my brother and I would have marbles, and sometimes we'd divide them up and shoot marbles to try to win marbles. You know, if I had the most, I would say I got many, and he got few. The many is the most of. Most of the people of God that live on this earth are children of God. Heaven's a big place. Hell is a small place. Why? Because there'll be more of us than there are with them. What's so amazing is about the sand by the seashore is the Bible teaches hell is just a lake. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not that educated a man, Brother Charles, but I'm educated enough to know that the sea is much bigger than a lake. Didn't take me long to figure out that the sea was bigger than a lake, which teaches me there'd be more of us than there are with them. So even in eternal context, I'm comforted by this, that God's family is a big family. And, you know, that gives me hope because if God's got a big family and Jesus Christ died for a bunch, it gives me more hope that maybe he died, died for me. I read in the Scripture, the Apostle Paul said he was the chief of sinners. Praise God, if Jesus is able to save the chief, he's able to save all us little Indians. How about that? Will that work? There'd be more of us than there are of them, but this is not an eternal context here in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's in a temporal context. It's facing battles and troubles here in, in this world. And brothers and sisters, if I can assure you of one thing, you need to understand that the year 2021 is going to bring tribulation and trials to our lives. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. 
Job said, man, this born of a woman, he's a few days and full of troubles. Now, I'm glad it's just a few days, but it's going to be full of troubles. But what a consolation it is to me and encouragement it is to me to understand there, there'll be more of us than there are with them. Elisha here, he's standing up for what's right. He's doing what's right. He's serving God. He faces opposition. The servant of the Lord looks out at all the opposition. What are we going to do now? Elisha said, no, there's, there's more of us than there are with them. And that servant's eyes were opened when Elisha prayed. And he looked out and he saw all those angels and all the power that surrounded Elisha. You know, brothers and sisters, as we go forward in the year 2021, that same power that surrounded Elisha is, is, is there for us. <laughs> so we can be assured and have courage in going forward and standing up for what's right and standing for the, for the truth. You know, and if we don't stand for the truth, who's going to stand? Remember Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized? John said, I have need to be baptized of thee. Jesus didn't correct him. I mean, John was in need of a lot of things. I'm in need of a lot of things. But Jesus said, suffer it to be thus, for it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. What is Jesus saying there? He said, John, my Father has called you to do this. I am come into the world to save my people from their sins, to be identified with my people. If we don't do this today... Who's going to do it? Brothers and sisters, could I ask the same question? God has called on us and given us truth to stand up for what's right. To show forth the light of God here in a dark world. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? In the year 2021, we're called upon to stand up for what's right. To stand up for truth. To be a light, shining light here in this dark world. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And you say, Brother Ronnie, I'm afraid. This servant here was afraid too. His eyes were on the natural things of the world and how big the natural things of the world are and all the opposition. But I'll tell you, when the Lord blessed his eyes to be open, Elisha said, there'll be more of us than there are with them. You know, I'm amazed at just the power that was manifested that day of God. The angels that, that this man saw. You know, the Bible teaches us concerning the angels of the Lord that there are 10,000 times 10,000. I mean, that's 100 million. I can count that. But the next part of that verse in Revelation 5.11 says in thousands of thousands. I can't count that. Somebody asked me once, what is, how many is that? I said, I don't know. It's a whole bunch. <laughs> God's got a whole bunch of angels. And I've had people ask me, what, what is an angel? An angel is something that's created by God to be a servant to his creation. You know, the Bible teaches in the beginning, God. Genesis 1-1, there wasn't angels. It was just God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God created angels, seraphims and cherubims, to be servants to creation. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 teaches us they've come to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation. Angels were created to be the servants to the, even the children of God. Now we know that there was a time in history, after Genesis 1-1, that there was one that was the devil and his angels. They rebelled against the Lord, desiring creation for themselves, and they fell from their first estate. They fell from their place of service to the Lord. See, the devil is not eternal. His angels are not eternal. God's eternal. The devil and his angels didn't fall out of glory. No, there wasn't a devil and angels until God created. God did not create the devil evil. No, very similar to man, he rebelled and sinned against God and fell from his place of service. Jesus said he beheld him fall as lightning from the sky. 
And they're real. The devil and the angels are real. And they're in this world. And they have influence on the wicked of this world. But it's good for us to remember this. There'll be more of us than there are with them. God's angels are ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands and thousands. And they're here to be servants to creation, to guard over us. Brothers and sisters, I think we'd all be amazed if our eyes were open just to see the power of God that would surround the house of God. I think we'd all be amazed if our eyes were open to see God's love and compassion and care for you as His servants would watch over you in your life. You know, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus makes reference to the little children, despise not these little ones, for their angels to behold the face of their Father in heaven. Notice it says their angels. That's their personal angel, which teaches me all the children of God here in this world probably have an angel that's been designated to watch over them. Maybe you've had an experience in your life where you can look back and say, that had to be something supernatural. It wasn't something of this world that I was delivered. It possibly could have been an angel. You know, the Bible teaches us that some of us have entertained angels unaware. If you ever met someone and never see them again, maybe think, you know, I wonder if that was a person or an angel. Years ago, I had a man that came to a little hardware store I was working at. He was homeless. He had a car. He was living in his car, and he was asleep in the parking lot. I looked at his pastor's seat. He had a little oven there in his pastor's seat. He got up and came into the hardware store and he was needing some rope. Someone had given him some metal and he wanted to go get the metal and sell it to have enough money to buy him some, some food. I gave him the rope. As a matter of fact, I gave him the rope and I gave him all the money I had in my pocket. And I showed him where there's a restaurant to get him something to eat. And I prayed with him. And I prayed God would bless him. I never saw that guy again. But I look at that as an opportunity of me to show God's grace in my life. And I have looked back at that and thought I very well could have been speaking to an angel that day. Never saw him again. Could it have been possible? I don't know. But you very well could have met an angel yourself. All through Scripture we find children of God that had experiences with angels. Have you ever went through the New Testament and just went through some of the interactions that children of God have with angels? I mean, I can find there in Luke chapter 1, you remember Zechariah when he was in the house of the Lord, there by the altar of incense, it was Gabriel that appeared to him, which Gabriel apparently is of a sect of angel of, of high authority. And that same Gabriel was the one that came to Mary. You remember he came to Mary, told her what was going to happen. She was conceived in the Holy Ghost and she'd bring forth that child and that child would be called the Son of God. He didn't become the Son of God. He just called the Son of God. He's the eternal Son of God, manifest in perfect humanity, conceived of the Holy Spirit in a virgin's womb. Remember the angel when Joseph there in Matthew chapter 1, he was concerned about taking Mary to be his wife. They were already espoused, but here she is with child. The angel came to him and comforted him. Now oh, that child that she's with, yeah, that's... As the eternal Son of God, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I remember when the shepherds were in the field there in Luke chapter 2. You remember they were in the field and the angel appeared to them and told them what was happening. Next thing you know, there was a multitude of angels that were there. And they saw that. You know what they did? They said, let us go quickly. I want to tell you when the Lord reveals to you something about the Lord, it's time to get busy and get going. Let us go quickly. And they came to the Lord. We can continue in the Gospels. We can come to the ex experience of the sisters that Brother Charles has told us about there at the tomb. 
You know, as they came to the tomb, you know, they had returned to the tomb probably on Friday. They knew that great stone was in the way. When they were traveling there before daylight on Sunday morning, they knew that great stone was in the way. They said in the Gospel of Mark, who's, who's going to move the stone? For it's great. Well, there's an angel there that was powerful enough to move that stone right out of the way. The angel did not move the stone out of the way to let Jesus out. He moved the stone out of the way that they could see in that he was gone. The angel did that. I find in Acts chapter 5, you know, Peter and John preaching the gospel, they were arrested and put in jail. And it was the angel of the Lord that came and delivered them out of jail. I remember in Acts chapter 12, this man named Peter, the Lord had told him in John chapter 21, he'd lived to be an old man. And here he is chained between two Roman soldiers, 16 soldiers around him. You know what he did? He got a good night's sleep. He was only one of them sleeping. You know why? The Lord told me I was going to live to be an old man. It's going to be all right. And the Lord sent the angel. And the angel come there and the shackles came off his feet and hands. The prison doors were open. And he went back there to the house where they were gathered together praying and knocked on the door. You remember it was Sister Rhoda that was there. And she was amazed that Peter was there. It was the angel of the Lord that came. It was the angel of the Lord that appeared to the Apostle Paul in the storm of Eurachta there in Acts chapter 27. An angel of God. See, the angels have done this. I go back in the Old Testament. I find children of God that had experiences with angels. You find Hagar when she was discouraged when Sarah ran her out in Genesis chapter 16. The angel of the Lord encouraged her. I find in Genesis chapter 18, Abraham, when he was a little down and out concerning the promise of God, it was the Lord and two angels that came and Abraham's heart was encouraged concerning that promise that Sarah would bring forth a child. Genesis chapter 19, it was Lot that was delivered by the angels from Sodom and Gomorrah. Daniel chapter 6, it was an angel that came and delivered Daniel from the lion's den. These angels... The great beast, they're powerful. You know, sometimes you see these paintings of an angel and it's kind of in the feminine, you know, they're real softy. Not so, brothers and sisters. Mm -mm. I recall over in Numbers chapter 22 when it was Balaam that wanted to do his own will. You remember he was upon his beast? And that beast could see that angel, but Balaam couldn't. That beast was afraid. He was afraid of the angel. Balaam was so angry, he, he began to beat his beast and the beast began to speak. <laughs> I told someone once, Brother Charles, if God can make a donkey speak, I believe he can cause a preacher to preach. <laughs> that donkey began to speak. Balaam's ass began to speak to him. Told him about the angel. He saw the angel. The beast was trying to save Balaam's life. That beast didn't look like a woman, not in the feminine. Uh-uh. You know, these angels, they could fly. If you ever found over in Revelation chapter 14, the angel did fly. I find in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 21, it was Gabriel that was flying. But you know, I never find in Scripture where an angel specifically has wings. They can just fly. Cherubims and seraphims have wings. I find that in Isaiah chapter 6, Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel chapter 10. But I never find specifically angels having wings. But they can fly. They can fly. They can go from here or there. Now, they're not omnipresent like God, but they can go here or there very, very quickly. I don't find in the Bible where angels have halos. I don't find that. But they're beasts and servants of the Lord to be a servant to creation. And there's thousands upon thousands of angels that are servants to us right now. There'd be more of us than there are with them. 
Do you remember when the Lord Jesus Christ, they came to arrest him? They come to arrest him. Do you remember there in the Gospel of John chapter 18, Jesus said, whom, whom seek ye? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. If you break down that language, Jesus is saying, I am. I am the I am. That's what he's saying. You know what happened? They all fell backwards. Then Peter, he took his sword and the high priest's servant, he cut off his right ear, hoping he could deliver. And Jesus told him, put your sword in his seat. Know you not that I have power to call down 12 legion of angels? What is a legion? Two to 6,000. That's 24,000 to 72,000 angels. I recall back over in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, there's a king named Hezekiah. And the Assyrians came, they had conquered all the land, and they came to the walls of Jerusalem, told them to lay down their weapons, just give it all up. You know what Rabshiki, the messenger of Sennacherib, said? You're all alone. There's nobody here to help you. There's been no kingdom that's been able to withstand our power. You're all alone. You know what Hezekiah said? The same words. 2 Chronicles 32 and verse 9, the same words of Elisha. There be more with us than there are with them. And Hezekiah turned toward the Lord, and the Lord sent one angel. Just one. One angel destroyed 185,000 of King Sennacherib's army, and the children of Israel saw them dead on the land and saw the power of God and what God could do. Now, if one angel could do that, 24,000 to 72,000 angels, what could they do? Brothers and sisters, there's more than that. The power of God, there'll be more of us than there are them. So we can go forward with courage. We can go forward resting and trusting in the power of God, standing up for what's right. See, this is here in Scripture that we would have the courage that Joshua had in Joshua chapter 1 when he went into the land of Canaan. Joshua didn't go to the land of Canaan afraid. Now the Lord told him to be of good courage. Now think about men like David that would stand up for what's right even when all the armies of Israel would shake when Goliath would come out. No, it's David that understood there'd be more of us than there are with them. It was Gideon that went forward facing all the Midianites that trusted the power of God while there'd be more of us than there are with them. And the devil would like our minds to be polluted, dear children of God, here in the church that, you know, it's, it's just a few of us here. Not many of us, right? In comparison to organizations of the world, it's just a few of us, not many. Now, I'm not going to tell you there's going to be more here in this church house than there are in the world, but there's a whole lot more people in this world that believe what you believe than you think. Yeah, I remember when I lived there in Georgia, I thought I was cut off from the truth and cut off from what's right. The Lord blessed me to find friends throughout the United States of America. I want to assure you, brothers and sisters, there is a lot of good, old, solid, hard-shelled, moss-backed, primitive Baptists all the way across America that believe the same thing you believe. There's a whole lot more than you think that believe this truth. And they that believe this truth, we that believe this truth, when we meet together, there'll be more than you think. I remember Jesus told us over in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, that when we'd gather together, we'd sit down with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. Now, I'm not saying Abraham himself is physically here with us. I'm not saying Jacob is physically here with us. I'm not saying Isaac is physically here with us. 
Abraham, Isaac, Jacob there with the Lord in glory. But I want to tell you, we're here and we have the word of God and their testimony and their witness and how they live, brothers and sisters, it's like we're just sitting down with them and we're being encouraged by their testimony and their witness. Praise God, there'll be more of us than we ever realized. If you ever been in the house of God and somebody would preach about Abraham and it was just like his testimony and how he lived here in this world and how God blessed him to overcome and all the help of the Lord and the Lord's power how it encouraged your heart and going forward you hear about Isaac, you hear about Jacob. The Bible teaches us over in Hebrews chapter 12 when we come together in the house of God we're not come to Mount Sinai no, that burnt with fire with all the lightnings and smoke. No, we're coming to Mount Zion to the general assembly, to the, to the spirits of just men made perfect. We're here in the house of God and the testimony and the, and the witness and, of those children of God in times past. They're all here with us. And it's like we're just all here together serving, serving the Lord. A lot more here than we ever thought. And as we go forward in our service to God here in the year 2021, let this be a message to us to encourage us to stand there for what's right, to hold on to the truth, to be like Paul told Timothy when he was there at Ephesus, be strong in the Lord. Paul told the church at Ephesus, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why should we be afraid in this world and going forward and stand up for what's right? No, we should be bold. We should be bold and stand up for what's right. We should be bold in our service to the Lord. We should pray that God would increase our trust and faith in Him, keeping in mind, there be more with us than there are with Him. May God richly bless you as our prayer. As you go forward in the year 2021, that your heart would be encouraged to trust in that power and care of God of you. If there's anyone here today that would like to come forward and ask for a home here at Union Grove Primitive Baptist Church,